0: Once again, it's my joy to welcome you to Virtual Church, the internet gathering of our Three Lakes Evangelical Free Church family. In my Bible reading this week, I encountered 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 16 and 17, which reads, May our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father, who loved us and by his grace, gave us eternal encouragement and good hope. May he encourage your hearts and strengthen you in every good deed and word. Now I thought, boy, that's, that's a great way to begin our Sunday morning today, our Sunday service today, because it tells us that God loves us and that he gives us eternal encouragement and hope. But he's not the only one that brings us encouragement. We have the opportunity, through the wonders of internet, to encourage one another as well. And so let's encourage one another as we uh, experience greetings across our community from those who are part of our local church family. Hi, Three Lakes Church. We miss you all so much. I'm Leah Rayberg,
1: and <laughs> yeah, most of you know me. <laughs> um, we've been coming to uh, Three Lakes Free Church um, full time for about seven years. Um,
0: we miss you all. We miss y'all terribly, and are praying for the day that we can meet together again in person. Um, I found a verse in Deuteron- Deuteronomy that's been helpful to me the last couple days.
1: Be strong. Take courage. Don't be intimidated. Don't give them a second thought, because God, your God, is striding ahead of you. He's right there with you. He won't let you down. He won't leave you. Hi, we're the Stauffers. I'm Glenn, and this is my wife, Julie, and I let the children give their own names.
2: I'm Melanie. Erica. Merlin. Leona.
1: That's Leona. And that's Laurel, our youngest and we're just hanging out. And Erica is especially thankful that for the people that came and made her birthday really special on April 1st, she turned 10 while we were in our confinement here. So that was, thanks for that.
0: Good morning, Three Lakes EFC.
1: These are the Wes, Jennifer, and Al. Our kids are too cool to be in this video. They're all in the house in their pajamas. So uh, we just wanted to say uh, good morning. Uh, we miss you. Stay safe. Stay strong. And we miss playing for you guys. So I know the piano's waiting for me and Al's practicing his guitar here at home a lot. But we really miss playing for our church. So we can't wait to see you all again. Hi, I'm Dale, my wife Janelle. We're all the walkies just want to say hi to our church family out there. Stay safe and healthy, and God bless. Just a few words of encouragement to you all. Deuteronomy 31.8 says, The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Through every trial we face, we know that God walks with us. Our job is to remain in step with his spirit and not let discouragement take over. My prayer is that God would help us slow down during this quarantine and get back in step with him. May God bless you all. See you soon. Hello, church. Greetings from the Bodie family. This is, I'm Chuck, and this is my
0: wife, yes. Josie. We sure miss everybody at the church a lot. We pray for the day when we can get back together and and
1: actually shake people's hands rather than elbow <laughs> elbows. And right. I, w- I want to express my appreciation to the, the crew that is bringing us the sermons on Sunday and during Holy Week, especially uh, Pastor Scott and the uh, worship team. We really appreciate it. And we're praying that we
0: give back to the church
1: soon. Hi, everybody. This is uh, Sherry and Kent Curtis, and we look forward to when we can worship together again. And thank you to Sherilyn and Bob for getting us closer together through video. And I wanted to share a verse that meant a lot to me. It's 1 Peter 5, 7, cast all of your anxiety on him because he cares for you. And I also wanted to read that same verse in the paraphrased Bible. Um, let him have all your worries and cares, for he is always thinking about you and watching everything that concerns you. And I think that's wonderful.
0: Hi, church. We're getting along good, and I hope everybody else is. Just remember, uh, this is not our home. Heaven is our home, and we're certainly looking forward to that. There's no viruses there. you
1: 23 Lakes Evangelical Free Church. Um, it's Pastor Ian and Cami. Um, we were asked by the search committee to give you guys a little update. Um, we, we, they wanted us to just talk about Tim and Vanessa, mm-hmm. our, our candidates that are hopefully coming in the next couple of months. Um, we are super excited for you guys to meet them. Um, we got the opportunity to sit down with them for about two hours over lunch in February, and they're just really great people. Um, very, very authentic. Um, they really, really desire authentic relationships. Um, that was that was one of the things that we really, really liked about them.
2: Yeah, definitely one of the things that stood out most. And we we were just excited at how well that fit with um, who we are as a church, as TLEFC, um, and who Ian and I are. Um, and just it was really, it was really neat to see things click and just to see how God has worked through. Through the hard work of the search committee and through um, Tim and Vanessa following God's leading. Um, so that was just really neat.
1: They're, they're very community-minded. They want mm-hmm. to be a part of our community, um, but they also want to be a part of the wider Three Lakes community, um, not just the church. I think that's an awesome thing to be want to really be invested in the community as well as the church. Um, hearing Tim talk through his process on leadership is—it's awesome. Very much um, research and um, you know, really well thought out leadership decisions is—is is kind of his thing. Um, and so we—we we are excited to see them and to see them connect with you guys yes. and to—and to get to know them. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're praying for for God to continue in the process. Thank you so much search committee. I mean, you guys have put in so much time and we, we love that you guys did that. So, um, hopefully you guys are enjoying spring. As you can tell that we're outside and kind of getting dripped on. So, um, so we hope to see you guys really, really soon in person. Um, we hope to be able to join together as a church in person. Um, but until then, um, it's great connecting online. And, and thank you for everyone who's been willing to, to continue to watch virtually.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so, yeah, this is us signing off and hope you guys have a great Sunday.
0: Today for our prayer time, I'd like to pray through Second Thessalonians chapter 2, beginning with verse 1. Beginning with chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. Paul writes, We ought also to thank God for you, brothers and sisters, and rightly so, because your faith is growing more and more, and the love of all of you for one another is increasing. Therefore, among God's churches, we boast about your perseverance and faith in all the persecutions and trials that you are enduring. And then in verse 11, he says, With this in mind, we constantly pray for you, That our God may make you worthy of his calling and that by his power he may bring to pass your every desire for goodness and your every deed prompted by faith. We pray this so that the name of our Lord Jesus may be glorified in you and you in him according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Join with me as I pray through these verses and then lead us in a few categories for us to pray about individually in our homes. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we do bow before you, our hearts joined together through the wonders of the internet, thanking you for the opportunity we have to be together we pray that our faith may continue to grow more and more and that our love for one another would increase even during these days. Lord, we pray that our churches and our church as well would persevere and grow in faith even through all the difficulties we are facing. God, we pray that you may make us worthy of our calling Lord, help us live a life that honors you and that lifts up and promotes the gospel you've given to us. I pray that by your power you may bring to pass our desires to honor you with our good deeds that are prompted by our faith in you. I also pray, Lord, that the name of our Lord Jesus may be glorified in everything we do And that we may experience the power you give us through your grace given to us in the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, these these thoughts and ideas from your word really do express the desires of our hearts. And we lift them to you knowing that as our Heavenly Father you hear our prayers. And so Lord we bow in prayer and worship before you this morning. Now, Lord, as we have opportunity to pray together in our homes, around our screens, hear the prayers of your people. Let's pray for one another. Let's pray for our individuals and families that we would indeed live lives worthy of our calling. And if you know of anyone who has a need, lift up that need right now in prayer. Please conclude the thought that you're praying. Now let's thank God for all of the volunteers who make our online services possible. And that they would continue in their ministry with great joy. Please complete the thought that you're praying. And let's pray for our nation, our state, and our community leaders. And pray that we would be able to meet together soon. Meanwhile, pray that we would be faithful in the way that we follow the directives of our civil leaders. Please complete the thought that you're praying. Lord, we do recognize the need of the day, the very special circumstances that we're living. Our prayer together is that we would be filled with your spirit and that we would rejoice in what you're doing even in the midst of these difficulties. Give us eyes to see and ears to hear and to lift you up and promote your gospel. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I would like to give you two announcements today. First, let's remember that giving to the Lord's work is our discipline of worship. And it's impossible to outgive God. And so let's remain faithful in serving Him by that way. Be reminded that we do have an apparatus on our webpage for you to give online. You can give through texting us and specify give on your text or you can mail your checks to the church office and they will be deposited into our accounts. Thank you so much for your faithfulness in giving. And then I'd also like to share with you that we do have a board meeting this evening during which we will be considering ideas that our search committee has given to us on how we might be able to bring Pastor Tim and Vanessa to Three Lakes uh, to complete the candidating process and be assured that we will communicate with you as soon as we're able and uh, be in prayer for that meeting tonight and uh, we continue to thank God for leading us to Tim and Vanessa and trust that he will help us to complete the candidating process in a timely fashion. Now let's pray. Father, thank you for your goodness thank you for your love and hear our worship now as we think about your love and as we thank you that your love is ours in the lord jesus christ in his name we pray amen
2: Thank you.
0: The title of my message today is Beyond Easter Week Jesus' Mission of Peace All Year. This season of social distancing and stay at home living has brought major changes to all of us, and I don't need to remind you of them. In fact, I think if you're like me, we are getting weary of being reminded by the news every time we turn on our TV about the upheaval that coronavirus has brought to our country and to the world. Nevertheless, it's important for us to face the realities of this circumstance and to apply our faith to the life that we are living. And so this morning, I'd like to share with you my own personal story of how I've encountered this circumstance. Last Saturday morning, the Saturday before Easter, In my prayer time, I found myself pacing the floor of the house I'm renting, uh, which is a frequent posture for me in my prayer time. But last Saturday, I realized that in my praying, I was quite agitated. I was restless. I was anxious. And I was praying with an attitude. (laughs) And it wasn't a good attitude. I was upset and concerned for our church and for our family and for the world. I was obsessing about all sorts of things. My mind was just running away with me. And this went on for a while until I was drawn back to the messages that I presented during Easter week when Jesus presented his mission And I presented that mission throughout the days of Easter week. And if you know me well, you know that when I preach a message, I'm consumed with that message before I speak. I mull it over in my mind, and I meditate on it, and I ruminate on it, and sometimes I make a change here and a change there right at the last minute because I just want it to be fresh in my mind. But... Sometimes after I preach a message, I thank God that it's over, forget about it, and then move on to the next one. See, that's the challenge of speaking week after week after week. You just get done with one message and then you got to start thinking about the next one. And the challenge for us in our Christian lives is to think of experiences that we face in life, and when we've successfully experienced it, we say, well, there, that's over. I think that happens as a church. We celebrate the birth of Jesus, and we have Advent, and we build up with Advent, and we think about all the wonderful themes of Advent. On Christmas Eve, we remember the specific details of the birth of Jesus, and we rejoice in that. And then it's easy for us afterwards then to put together, put away the decorations and to say, there, that's done. The same thing can happen with Easter week. We think about the passion of Jesus. We walk through all of the details of the week before the crucifixion. We think about the cross and then we celebrate the resurrection. And then after it's done, we say, there, that's done. But listen, it's not done. We need to be reminded every day. The gospel is not a there, that's done message. Of course, theologically, yes, it is finished. Nothing needs to be done to complete the mission of Jesus. But we need to get up every day and remember that the gospel applied to our life is not done the gospel must be the foundation of every day every day and if we think for a moment there that's done we'll find ourselves like i was pacing the floor in prayer with an attitude (laughs) so last saturday i sat down and reviewed everything i taught during easter week and retaught myself. The theme I chose to emphasize during Easter week was Jesus accomplished his mission of peace. Now let's reflect on that idea of peace. There are two sides to this concept. The first one Jesus reminds us of in John's Gospel, chapter 14, where he says, Do not let your hearts be troubled, You believe in God, believe also in me. My father's house has many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you may be where I am. Those words remind us that we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ when we trust in the work of the cross Jesus says don't be troubled about your place in heaven I have a place for you in heaven and when you place your faith and trust in Jesus he will come back and take us to that place in heaven and therefore we can have peace with God but there's another side to the peace that Jesus brings And that peace is found in the same chapter of John's Gospel, chapter 14, when Jesus says these words in verse 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not be afraid. With these words, Jesus is not talking about peace with God. He's talking about the peace of God. He's talking about how we can face the anxieties and troubles in life with God's peace overflowing in our lives. This is the peace that seemed to be out of reach for me that Saturday before Easter. Well, having peace with God is of utmost importance for me that day I needed peace with God, so I stopped my pacing, I sat down in my chair, I took a big deep breath and I reviewed my messages of the mission of peace on Easter week. How Jesus came into Jerusalem as the king, but riding a colt, which meant that his, his mission was a mission of peace. I remembered Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday of how he encountered the religious leaders and gave new meaning to all of the Old Testament uh, typologies that he faced. I reminded myself of Maundy Thursday, how he gave us uh, the interpretation of his body and his blood to remember him. And then I reflected on the cross and about how he said it is finished and accomplished his ministry. And then I rejoiced in Easter Sunday, the message that I had just recorded, and I rejoiced in the resurrection. But we did not cover Saturday in our discussion of Easter week. And I realized that when I was pacing the floor, agitated and upset, I was living the Saturday of Easter week. Now, what happened on Saturday? First, Saturday was a day of disappointment. The disappointment of the disciples must have been incredible. Listen to some of the things that the disciples knew were happening as Jesus' ministry unfolded. In Luke chapter 22, we have this promise from Jesus. Jesus tells his disciples in verse 28, you are those who have stood by me in my trials and I confer on you a kingdom just as my father conferred one on me so that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom and sit on thrones judging the 12 tribes of Israel. Wow. The disciples were really looking forward to that. And they thought, boy, I can't wait until that happens. And then in Luke 24, beginning with verse 19, we've got these words. When Jesus was talking with the two disciples on the road to Emmaus, this is what they said. Jesus was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. But the chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death and they crucified him. But we hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. But he was crucified and he was dead and buried and put in a tomb. I can't imagine the disappointment these men felt. Well, like the disciples, I was living in the day of disappointment. My wife and I had plans for Easter. Our church had plans for Easter. We didn't get to do them. (laughs) I was disappointed. There's lots of disappointments in life. Disappointments are going to happen even after the coronavirus crisis is over. As life unfolds, Disappointments were come. And it's easy for us to live the Saturday of Easter, the day of disappointment. Second, Saturday was a day of uncertainty about the future. Now think what happened. Jesus was arrested and the disciples fled. And on Saturday, they were hiding in fear of the Jews, John twenty nineteen tells us. Why were they afraid? Well, two reasons. One is Jesus was proclaimed king and he was crucified because any competition to King Caesar was worthy of capital punishment. So the Romans were mad at Jesus. But he was also king of the Jews, proclaimed himself Messiah, proclaimed himself God, and that made the Jews angry. And so here are the disciples, identifying themselves as followers of the king, wondering, are the Romans going to come after us? Are the Jews going to come after us? What is our future going to be like? (laughs) We're going to be fugitives, outcasts in our own country. Everything about their life and their future was uncertain. Well, I was facing uncertainty, too. You see, I'm in the high-risk category of COVID-19. I mean three out of the top four categories of risk. It's easy for me to wonder, boy, what's what's my future going to be like? I wonder about the future of interim pastor ministries in local churches. Are churches going to want interim pastors anymore? Am I going to have a ministry? I wonder what my health insurance is going to look like. I wonder what my future is going to be. I don't know. And I was I was worried about my future. And just like the disciples, I was living Saturday, the day of uncertainty. And third, Saturday was a day of unbelief. Thirteen times... Jesus taught that he would be put to death and then in three days rise from the dead. They didn't believe it. Listen to what happened when the women came and told the disciples about the resurrection, Luke 24. When the women came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James and the others with them who told this to the apostles they said jesus had risen look at verse 11 they did not believe the women because their words seemed to them like nonsense unbelief had gripped them well it's hard to admit that i was gripped with unbelief too for that for that morning I completely ignored the truths that I had been preaching and teaching for the last 40 years. I was living in the day of unbelief. Now, I would suggest that it's important for us to give the disciples and their colleagues a break. I mean, after all, they were experiencing all these events as they happened. We probably wouldn't have handled that very much differently than they did but I had no such excuse. I know about Sunday. I need to give myself a good talking to. (laughs) I needed to get out of Saturday. So I practiced joyful repentance. I realized I was walking the wrong direction. And by the grace of God, I was able to stop. And by the grace of God, I was able to present myself to him in prayer and confession. And then I was able to turn and walk in a new direction by God's grace. You see, I left Saturday and entered in to Sunday. When Jesus entered Jerusalem on that colt, he promised himself, that he, he promised his believers, his followers, that he was the king, but on his terms. And his terms right now include social distancing, stay at home. His terms include struggling against uh, difficulties and hardship. But he offered peace. He offered peace to those who are living in Saturday. And so when I was able to leave Saturday and enter into Sunday, I I still remember what it felt like when I declared to God, God, you got this. I, I just I remember I remember the the weight lifted off me and God's peace flow it into me. I reflected on the empty tomb. I reflected on the many appearances of the resurrected Jesus to over a hundred witnesses. And I reflected on the transformed lives of the apostles and realized, you know, my life has been transformed too if I could just get out of Saturday and live it. (laughs) So that's when I realized I need to get into Resurrection Sunday. And when I did, I experienced that peace with God. You see, brothers and sisters, we don't have to live in Saturday. We have the privilege and joy of living Sunday, not just on Easter season and saying there, that's done, but keeping it every day of all year round. You see, Easter Sunday is ours in the midst of coronavirus. Even when we face disappointments, I think, I think of our school system and the teachers and the students and the disappointment that they must be feeling of missing out on spring sports and graduations and all of the conclusion, the prom and all those things that they have. I bet they're really disappointed. I used to go to the weight room at the school and and exercise three times a week and frequently when I would get there, I would meet with uh, some of the young ladies who were part of the Three Lakes um, track team (laughs) who won the state championship last year and they were training to defend their championship. I imagine that they are devastated with disappointment. I bet breadwinners, people and families are thinking about financial hardship, wondering about their future. Maybe all of us are wondering, God, are you really there? What What's going on? Where are you in all of this? But my prayer is that we would all contemplate this crisis with eyes wide open. What is it that God is doing in our lives? Because experiences of this sort don't create character. Experiences of this sort reveal character. When the precious metals are heated up, impurities float to the top. The fires of hardship burn away our filters. And when our filters are gone, what's really underneath is exposed. In my Saturday struggle, by God's grace, I was able to turn away from my sin. I was able to present myself to God and embrace my union with the resurrected Christ. And when I did, I left Saturday and entered into Sunday. Let's review how to do that from the book of Colossians that we've been studying in our times together this spring. First, disappointment turns to hope. Disappointment turns to hope. Look with me to Colossians chapter 1, verses 3 to 6. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you, because we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love you have for all God's people, the faith and love that spring from the hope stored up for you in heaven and about which you have already heard and the true message of the gospel. The gospel is a message of hope. Not just a I wish hope but a certain hope. Peter calls it a living hope, a hope that comes in the Lord Jesus Christ, who lives in us and then lives his life through us and helps us deal with the disappointments we face in life. Disappointment turns to hope. Second, uncertainty turns to assurance. Listen to this incredible passage, Colossians 1, beginning with verse 15. The sun is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rules or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him, Look at verse 15. He is preeminent over all things, and through him all things hold together. Life is not falling apart because in Christ all of life comes together. And it comes together because of Jesus. There is a song that I thought of as I was thinking about this. When the music fades, all is stripped away. And I simply come longing just to bring something that's of worth that will bless your heart. I'm bringing more than a song, for a song in itself is not what you required. You search much deeper within through the way things appear. You're looking into my heart. So what's in the heart of a true worshiper? What's in the heart of one who has true assurance? It's this. I'm coming back to the heart of worship, and it's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I've made it. When it's all about you, it's all about you. You see, when it's all about Jesus, uncertainty turns to assurance because we know he's got this. Nothing in life happens apart from his permission. And if he gives permission, there's a reason. There's a purpose. And third... Unbelief turns to life. Listen to Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 to 7. So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in Him. We have life in Jesus. We don't have unbelief. Unbelief is deadness. But in Jesus Christ, the living Christ, we have life. I'd like to read an extended passage from chapter 2, beginning with verse 9. Listen to the life that we have in Christ. For in Christ all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. And in Christ you have been brought to fullness. He is the head over every power and authority, including coronavirus. In him, you were also circumcised with a circumcision not performed by human hands, a spiritual circumcision. Your whole self ruled by the flesh was put off or disarmed or rendered powerless when you were circumcised by Christ, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through your faith. Our faith identifies us with Christ in his death and in his resurrection, and we are now raised with him from the dead. When you were dead in your sins and in the circumcision of your flesh, the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us our sins, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. He's taken it away, nailing it to the cross. And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. In Christ, we've been brought to fullness In Christ, the old sinful nature has lost its power over us. And in Christ, we have been made alive with him. You see, we don't cower in the disappointment and fear and uncertainty of Saturday. We live the new resurrected life of Easter Sunday. That new life gives us power to walk with God. That new life opens up doors of opportunities to serve him. And that new life rescues us from Saturday. Brothers and sisters, Saturday has given way to Sunday. Saturday has been swallowed up in Sunday. Thanks be to God, as Paul says. He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ but is this just a bunch of theological jibber-jabber? <laughs> well, I'd like to close with a story of a real person recorded for us in John chapter 20. It's the story of Thomas. Listen to his, his story, the account of his life. John chapter 20, beginning with verse 24. Now, Thomas, also known as Didymus, which means power, One of the 12 was not with the disciples when Jesus came on Sunday morning. So all he had was Saturday. So the other disciples told him, we've seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see the nail marks in his hands, put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. In other words, he's saying, I want to stay on Saturday. Well, a week later, his disciples were in the house again. This time, Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be to you. All those words. Peace be to you. And then he looked at Thomas and said, Put your finger here in my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop living Saturday." Thomas said, my Lord and my God, and he was transferred to Sunday. Thomas had the immense privilege of being an eyewitness. The text doesn't say whether or not he actually put his hands in Jesus' hands or put his hand in Jesus' side. I don't think he needed to. He met Jesus and believed. He was an eyewitness. But what about those of us who are not eyewitnesses? Well, look at verse 29. Jesus told them, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. We weren't eyewitnesses of Easter Sunday, but we have heard the testimony of those who were. And Jesus said, blessed are we who even though we have not seen, we believe because when we believe, we are transferred from Saturday into Sunday. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you that we have the immense privilege of walking with you by faith. And I pray for all who are listening today, who may find themselves, like I was, unnecessarily living in Saturday. Help them, Lord, to stop, to present themselves to you, and then by your grace and power, turn and enter into Sunday. By your grace, Free us from disappointment, from anxiety about the future. And Lord, give us faith to believe, to walk with you in your grace. Thank you again for the great message of Easter Sunday. May we live it every day of all year round. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, receive the benediction from 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. And now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times and in every way. The Lord be with you all. Amen.